God, Father, our Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, John the Baptist is quite the character for Advent. He is out in the wilderness and the edges of empire, the edges of the outskirts of town, however you want to say it. And he is dressed in his camel hair and he's eating his milk, no, his, uh, his locusts and honey. And he is calling people out no matter who they are, calling people out not to condemn them despite the fiery words of his preaching, but to remind them of whose they are and to remind them that there is hope for them and for the world, that there is a way away from sin to the grace of God. There are really four movements in this gospel today. And the first is wilderness. The second is voice. The third is to talk about entitlement. And if ever there was a piece of scripture that warned against entitlement, feeling entitled by whatever way, uh, heritage, um, religiosity, whatever way you feel entitled, this gospel is one to shake you out of that sense of entitlement. And the fourth, of course, is repentance all that repentance means to our lives of faith and to the meaning and um, way of our life that we've been gifted here on earth. Now, there is one simple way that I was reminded of to talk about repentance, and it was defined by a small girl who said that repentance is to be sorry enough to quit. <laughs> to be sorry enough to quit. It sounds simple, but we all know that it's not quite that simple. We find ourselves many times in a wilderness, wildernesses of our own making sometimes, wildernesses that are created by forces out of our control. Wilderness, maybe not of geography, but of ethical dilemmas, of emotional dilemmas, of societal dilemmas. Your wilderness may not be the desert of Judea, but perhaps it is anxiety, around finances, around relationships, around your health. Perhaps your wilderness is the very real pain that comes by walking in poverty, facing hunger, not knowing if you can pay your bills, 
Perhaps your wilderness is a broken relationship or relationships, tension and disappointment with family and old friends. Perhaps your wilderness is loneliness, an epidemic in our country where many feel alone and think they are the only ones that feel so alone. Perhaps your wilderness is despair. Despair when there's yet another senseless shooting. Despair when another child dies in custody on the border. Perhaps your wilderness is addiction. Perhaps it's depression. Whatever your wilderness, and again, we're not talking geography here, physical geography, but spiritual geography, grappling with health, maybe, mental health, societal health, grasping onto hope though there seems to be little. Whatever your wilderness, the prophets of old and the prophets of today say that there is a voice in that wilderness calling you home, calling you to remember whose you are and to remember even when the dry root seems lifeless, God can raise a green shoot out of the stump of Jesse is the language, the biblical language. But God can bring life out of where there seems to be none. There is a voice in the wilderness calling to you. And at the same time, we are called to be a voice in the wilderness for others. That's our heritage. That's our ancestry. Not one of entitlement, but one of action on behalf of others to show the grace and love of God in this world. We are called to listen for the voice when it's a still, small voice or when it's the grand, booming voice of a prophet like John who is calling us to move out of what hurts us and what hurts the world and back into the way of God. Repentance of all things, wrote Jeremy Taylor, makes the greatest change. It's not just stopping. It changes things in heaven and on earth, for it changes the whole person from sin to grace. How loud must John's voice have been to be heard back into the city, to be heard in the places of worship, so much so that crowds went out into the desert that the religious authorities went out into the desert to be baptized, saying, I want a little bit of whatever he has. 
how loud must John's message been? Because we don't really think that people heard his voice, but people heard his message and they shared it. They shared it amongst themselves. And so crowds poured into the desert to hear what he had to say. You're called to share that word of hope, which sometimes sounds like a word of fear. Because the chaff will burn an unquenchable fire, those words at first do not resonate as words of hope, but words of fear. But what John is trying to do is to remind all that come to him, all who are searching for connection with God, warn them against a sense of entitlement that because they're from such and such a place or such and such a religion or such and such a family or such and such a social class, because they wear certain things or they say certain things, that they are better and those who do not. John says, God's grace is for all, and if you truly repent, and if you truly accept that grace, then there will be fruit. It's not just, I have it, that's it, I'm done. I've got mine, you see about you. I'm okay, you be okay whenever you work it out. That is not the message of the prophet. It's not the message of Christ. And as we prepare in this Advent to look with awe and wonder at the mighty, vulnerable God incarnate in Christ Jesus, we are to examine our sense of entitlement, whatever that may be. I think that as a society, one way that entitlement rears its ugly head is by conformity or by despair or by saying that, well, this is just the way it is now, like with the shootings and with the violence. This is just the way it is now. What can we do? It's out of our hands. We need to repent from those thoughts if we have them. We need to look for how to be a voice in this wilderness. And there are so many ways to do that. I was reminded of this incredibly beautiful, mesmerizing and harrowing art exhibit by the artist Al Farrow, who takes shell casings and steel and old bullets and old guns, and he makes this beautiful miniatures of sacred places. So from a distance, you cannot see 
that it's made up, this miniature of a cathedral. You can't see that it's made up of things that are broken and that break lives. All you see is this mesmerizing engineering and the vision of this artist. And as you get closer, you see with horror what he calls the um, homages to saints war, Santo Guerra, Guerra, he says. His art is a voice in the wilderness. How can we be that voice against entitlement and despair? To remind each other and the world that out of even a dried up root, God brings new life. Perhaps from our own wilderness, we can say a word of comfort, of support. If we are struggling with addictions, we can support others. If we are struggling with depression, we can share so others don't feel so isolated. If we are struggling with financial anxiety, if that's our wilderness, know that you are not alone. And perhaps we don't struggle with any of that. But we struggle with how, with how to put into action the love that we have in our hearts for others. And John and Isaiah and Christ Jesus gives us a way. Be a voice for others. Speak up for each other. Show up for each other. Whether at the bedside of a sick person at a protest against gun violence, at a chance encounter in the street. I had two encounters this week, very different from each other, and it was a very busy week for me. And so as I crossed the street one day, I saw a man approaching me and I was kind of protective of the people from Trinity walking in for sandwich making. And so I started to talk to him. And he told me that he had been shot in the head, which he had not been because I could see his head and there was no wound. There was no blood. But obviously, he needed help. I could have just brushed him off because he made me nervous. But with the help of folks here, we didn't just brush him off. We took him to get some help. We didn't give him what he tried to con us out of. How can we be a voice for more resources for mental health 
and the ravage that poverty rages in our neighbors. There was another encounter that I had, again, being very busy and legitimately busy. I was walking across the street and a woman came towards me and I looked at my cell phone and I was looking at texts and I was looking at the time and I took a deep breath and she approached me and I, I, I took a deep breath because I wanted to be present. But I also did 